Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, a week from today. Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com. Backslash MHS. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos, they always have great promotions. They're going to have another one the weekend of January 5th, but it's going on right now. You're either going to get a Kawasaki side-by-side with snow tracks or a little over $22,000 in cash. Yep, your choice on what you want. Head on up there for this great promotion, great 99-cent menu, outstanding sportsbook, and really loose slots. They can't say it. I can because I've been there. I've been there. And it's not that I win every single time. My wife does. Does she every oh time? Oh, my God. She's it, it, a slot queen? She, uh, yep. She's not a slot machine. She's a slot queen. Yeah. Queen. What? Queen. I just made up a new word. I'm feeling pretty good about it. She myself. likes it, though. Yep. Yeah. Great There's place. not a time we ever go there that we don't have a great time. So. And it is a great time. Yeah, it is. And there is a difference between a family-owned casino and a corporate casino. It's just a different feel. And that's what you get at Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. How are you? I know you're playing hurt. I am channeling our friend Emmanuel Sanders' best thoughts of embracing the suck. Yeah. And that's where I am this morning. Okay. Who? who? You, know, you know what, though? Alex, have you had a cold ever before? Ever? Ever? Wow, you must I have really... in my life, You've yes. had a cold. Have you ever had a cold? Never. Okay, well, we've all had colds. That's where I'm at. So okay. just let's let's just get through it. Okay, time, All now good. For, time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Well, right now Kareem Jackson is living in a world to suck. Been suspended for four games again for lowering his helmet into Josh Dobbs on Sunday. Second time Jackson has been hit with a four-game suspension this season. First time was after the Packers game. That suspension though was reduced to two games. Would you be surprised if Jackson's suspension is reduced again? Yes. Me too. Yeah, I think I would at this point. Um, Habitual, repeat offender, um, has been warned about it. It, it, I, I suppose it's given people some leeway on the argument that he wasn't called for a violation at the time. Okay. I, I mean, all right. Have you ever seen a referee miss a call? Plenty of times. Because I have How about every weekend? That's my point. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. So, um, I hate it, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, it shouldn't surprise you. No. This is the fifth time this has happened this year. And I got to tell you something. This is a, this is a tremendously divisive issue yeah. in Broncos country right now. A lot of current former players are defending Jackson. Uh, this is what Patrick Sertan tweeted out. This league is something else. How are you supposed to play ball nowadays? Justin Simmons tweeted out. I had a similar similar hit like that last season against the Baltimore Ravens. No flag, no fine. There is no consistency in these calls, and there is clearly a motive and an agenda with certain players. One media member tweeted out, Jackson is the victim of playing in the wrong generation. 
as his hits would have been fine when John Lynch played. That one right there is so incredibly naive, and I hate to put it, put it this way, laughable, that we can get into that another time. But you know what? I'll get into it right now. This is the generation he plays in, period. Would he have been fine back then? No, but I've used this analogy in the past. If you're driving on a road 30 years ago and the speed limit is, I don't know, 40 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, and then they change the speed limit to 30 miles an hour today and you're driving 45, that's a ticket. You have to learn to adjust to the times and to the rules. That's what it is. Don't tell me about what happened a long time ago. These are today's rules. Neither you play by the rules or you don't play by the rules. That's your choice. Now let's get into what Sertan and Simmons tweeted out. Do you understand their arguments? Yes, because I understand having your guys back. But if that's the argument solely, just having your guys back, and I'm not saying it is, I I think that, I think that these guys are passionate about this. I think on the defensive side of the football, there is some collective attitude of what the hell are we supposed to do? I, I understand that. I totally get that. And, and I'm willing to enter into the debate about trying to make the game a healthier place, a, a better place to play it in. I, I, I get all of that. But those are arguments for different times. You just pointed out, and you are absolutely correct. These are the rules. Period. These are the rules. Yeah. So what are you going to do? I mean, were they laying in wait for Kareem to do something? I'm not even going to allege that. But as soon as he did, don't flags go off? You know, don't lights and flags go up? Because he's done it at three or four times previously this season. This is my question to right. Pat. How come you don't lead with your head? How come you don't lead with your head? For Justin, he did. And he cracked a guy. But at the end of the day, that he's a that's the first time it happened. And no, you're not going to suspend somebody no. for one play. This is the fifth time it has happened for Kareem. Yeah. And you have to just change the way that you play. And in my opinion, first of all, Kareem's a great guy, great locker room guy, stand-up guy, nice guy. You know, he's he's not a jerk. No, he checks all the boxes, really, to be honest. But he's a step slower than he used to be. So because he's a step slower. um, Although I think he's just played. He's always played this way. No, know, he's always played a violent game, and that's okay. You can play a violent game. But you can't spear somebody. And Justin's argument was, well, the, you know, Hawkinson took the snap and Dobbs became a, a, a running back. That has nothing to do with it. You can't bury your helmet into somebody's sternum. Period. Period. Those are the rules. Don't don't take it up. Don't don't take it up and say, well, uh, I I don't like that rule. If you want to do that, then collectively bargain that this should be legal change the rule that's right but that is the rule i mean at the end of the day you accuse me all the time of being black and white in this case 
It is black it and is white. Black. It, it is no, black it is. and white. I, I, I agree with you. It is. It is black and white. Um, the second that I recognized that it was that it was, Kareem I'm surprised you didn't get the. Play. I'm surprised you didn't get the whole season. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and I wouldn't have had a problem with it. And I don't want to see Kareem Jackson out. I think now the question is because I don't think it's going to be reduced. How does this affect the Broncos as a defense? You can make the case, PJ Locke. You'd rather have him out there, but I don't know if he's going to be playing on yeah. Sunday. So it's an ankle sprain. We don't think it's a high ankle sprain, so that's at least good. He was on the side field Friday, moving around fairly well. Hope that he is on a track to getting back. With all due respect to Turner Yell, I, I don't think that that's where you want to go. No. Even against a first-year or a rookie quarterback or whatever the Browns end up rolling out. Here's a positive that is not going to make you feel better. But it's a huge positive, and I'm going to repeat. It's not going to make you feel any better. Simmons is healthy. Sertan is healthy. Most of their secondary is healthy. Their linebackers are healthy. Their defensive line is healthy. Their offensive line is healthy. Russell Wilson is healthy. They have three running backs that are healthy. All their wide receivers are healthy. They have had the good fortune, I keep beating this drum, all year of a healthy roster. This one was self-inflicted. You lose Kareem Jackson, that is going to be a shame. But it's not like you're the Houston Texans roster where you regularly have 15 to 20 guys on the injury report. Isn't it odd, though, how every now and then you get a year where you don't have any, where you don't have any injuries but the injuries that you do have are all in the same place. Right. Right? I mean, it starts with Caden Stearns. It goes to P.J. Locke. It goes to Kareem. Kareem's out. That's self That's, self that's self-inflicted, man. That's self-inflicted. You know, by the way, Caden Stearns has a history of injuries. Yeah, to the point where... So that's not surprising. Yeah, to the point where you, at least I am, much more concerned about him being a consistent part of this thing moving forward. Say the same thing about Dulcich. Absolutely. History of injuries. You are absolutely at least, at, right. At least in the NFL. Yep. Absolutely right. Those are two guys at this point that you look at, and and you want them both because they're both really special. I think they can be really special players. I know Caden Stearns is. Caden Stearns is a really good-looking player with great upside. And I think Dulcich is too. But you'll never know because we just don't see him on the field. Coming up after the break, the Broncos have scored 65 points in their last three wins. 31 of them have come in the fourth quarter. Why is this happening? I think we've got some pretty good answers for you next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com.
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. A week from today, Roller Auctions. Having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. I want to go back to something we talked about briefly in the last segment. A media member tweeted out, Jackson is the victim of playing in the wrong generation as his hits would have been fine when John Lynch played. Fine. Okay. I I completely agree with you that no, he would not have been fine. Who is the greatest running back of all time? Uh, For my money, Jim Brown. Would Would he be a top 10 paid player in the NFL right now? Top 10. Top 10. In today's NFL, would he, would a running back? No. Like, well, I guess that's where generations and eras are different, aren't they? Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Time now for the buzz. All right. The buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health in Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. Yesterday, Sean Payton met the media, was asked about how he will be able to keep this team focused during the four-game winning streak. This is what he said. If you watch this tape I'm watching, there'll be plenty of time to get focused because it's not really good. Turnovers put us in the game. They ran the ball better than us. They were better than us on third down, better than us in the red zone in most areas, better than us in the kicking game. You can make the case there are more teachable moments in a loss, but can you make the case that maybe it's a blessing that Peyton has had so many teachable moments during this four-game winning streak that has contributed to the winning streak. I think it's huge. Me too. I think it's one of the major components of their rise. They've had just enough good happen. To win. To win. And And more than enough bad to say. To learn from. Yeah. Absolutely. You talked about it yesterday as walking a very fine line. I think this football team understands that it's walking a fine line. And, um, but they have also added elements of confidence that have been born by demonstrated ability, because that's the phrase, right? Demonstrated ability. In other words, they've been able to prove it. And so that's something to build on. But to your point, well, to Sean Payton's point, and it would take only someone with a pair of eyes uh, to recognize they were. It was a thrilling win. It was a win that they were fortunate to get because they had been outplayed really for mm, 94% of that football game. And not only outplayed, but pretty clearly outplayed. With that, people around here will attest to the fact that John Elway was a wizard in the fourth quarter. When you look at his offense under Dan Reeves, run the ball, run the ball. Hey, John, can you bail us out on third and six with a pass? And the and the answer Four was running. usually yes. And it was. Yep. And that's one thing that made John Elway great, despite being limited in the offense that he was in where Dan Reeves was a ground, uh, ground and pound type of guy. When, he, when Mike Shanahan took over, he certainly gave Elway a lot more freedom, but that was towards the end of his career. The reason why I bring that up is this. The Broncos have scored 65 points in their last three wins. That is an average of about 21 points a game. 31 of those points 
have come in the fourth quarter. Why do you think they're scoring more in the fourth quarter than the other quarters? Mm, because they have to. Good answer. I mean, that, that contributes to winning when you have to score more there than the is, other team. I think that there's a different level of, of hashtag insight. Yeah. Urgency. It's that type of. Yeah, this is what, I, this it, is what it, I'm here for. Yeah, it, it's really that type mm-hmm. of, you know, deep thought and insight and expertise that makes our show marginal. I think that what happens is that you go from a pace of offense that is based upon running the football, playing deep, not going until deep in the play clock, and playing a type of football game that is kind of ball control based to all of a sudden, now you've got to do different things. And so you throw a change up at the defense, even though the defense knows it's coming. Um, and they've been able to make plays in that kind of quote unquote hurry up when there's more urgency. So when I said that, I, I, I actually did mean because they've got to get the points, but there is, I think, urgency in their approach. They've got to do it. They've got to do it quickly. Uh, it's, it's kind of falls into the category of Sean a couple of weeks ago saying, I, I, pl- I played the hurry up in the kicking game to take the whole thought process away from right. it. Don't Go think. out there, don't think, just execute. And I think that that's what they're getting to some degree in their offense as well because to your point and to the question, they've been a good fourth quarter team of late. Here's an interesting stat for you. Right now, Russell Wilson is tied with John Elway for the most fourth quarter comebacks in their career. Isn't that something? I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Both have 31. Next on the list is Dan Marino at 33. I think they're playing better in the fourth quarter for two reasons. One, there is now belief they can do it. Sure. They have learned how to win as opposed to thinking, how are we going to blow this one? The other thing is you're allowing Russell to be Russell. Yeah. He's always been a very good fourth quarter comeback guy. He's better off script. You have to make plays and you can't necessarily stay to the script in the fourth quarter because you are desperate to score points. I think that plays a major role. Yeah. So this is what I'm wondering. Can we make the case that Dan Reeves in some ways held back John Elway? Oh, uh, the whole uh, Michael Jordan, uh, the joke on Michael Jordan, who was the only guy to ever stop Michael Jordan, Dean Smith. Yeah, well, that was that was far more of a team game in college. Sure. Uh, it's more of a one-on-one game in the NBA. I, I think my guess on that would be, and it's not really even No, no, just, just, just answer the question. Is it fair to say that Dan Reeves' offense held back John Elway a little bit? To the full extent of what he could be, yes. If he had been given the keys to the kingdom, no question about it. Now, granted, I don't want Russell Wilson to have the keys to the entire kingdom because let's look at what we watched last year. We've seen that. Correct. We know how that looks, and so does Sean Payton. But does there need to be a balance there? That's a fair question. And perhaps half of your points over the last three games have come with Russell going off script. But that has to be arrived at in a 
way that it makes sense to Sean Payton and that he has confidence in. I think that he is at a point right now where he has confidence in the game plan. I think earlier in the season, it could be argued that he was throwing some things at the wall to seeing what would stick. Yep. And now I think he feels like he's got a model that he can win with. And the key is going to be to continue to develop the offense in a potentially more productive and, dare I say, explosive way. But you got to be careful about that because, to your point, we've seen Russell Wilson when Russ wants to do whatever he wants to do. Right? And you can't allow that. You just can't. I agree. You just can't. But, but you're walking the tightrope in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. maybe loosen the reins a little bit. Again, there are a lot of parallels between this Broncos team and what we saw in 2011 with Tim Tebow and in 2015. In 2011, the Broncos defense was good, but it certainly wasn't great. When was Tim Tebow at his best? When he was making stuff up, when he was going off script, and they were winning a lot of games not by divine intervention. Sorry to in, you know insult anybody. Wait a minute. Out he there. was on a mission from God. Right. Listen. At the end of the day, if you believe in divine intervention, it's not an accident that he passed for three hundred and sixteen yards against the Steelers. Well, I will three, say this. Excuse me. Three colon sixteen. I, I will. If say, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. And, and by Jewish. the way, I'm on no the, New Testament for me. On divine intervention, there's a lot of other places in the world we need that. Yeah. Before we need it on a football field. Correct. So think about this. Mike McGlinchey said this on Russell Wilson following the game. He might be the greatest two minute quarterback in the history of the NFL. Mike, you you need to know your history a little bit better. He's one of the better guys, but he's not he's not the greatest with that. When the game's on the line, he's at his best at his calmest. The ability to see things clearly when the blank is hitting the fan. He played great. I agree. He is one of the best. Just look at the numbers. He's top 10 in fourth quarter comebacks. I am with you on that. And I'm not suggesting you play two-minute offense in the middle of the second quarter. Can't do it. But maybe I agree with maybe you. it yep. is important yeah. to loosen the reins just a little bit so you don't find yourself walking the tightrope with a buck 55 to go in the game and you need to make a key play because you're not always going to make that key play. Yeah, the problem last week was they just couldn't run the football. And so it created a challenge for them dimensionally on what they could do or not do. They did throw the ball 35 times. though. Yeah. And they threw it with a high rate of completion. I mean, you know, and oh, by the way, that would be the counter argument to what I just said. Hey, ran the ball 15 times threw the ball 35 times. The argument would be Goodman. Listen, they let him throw and they still needed a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. So I get that, but it's where you throw, I think is what you're saying. And, um, Russ, I think, and I said this last week, I think the thing that will change the most about this football team as we roll down in through the second half of the season is what they're doing schematically with their offense. Will they, I'll use your term, loosen the purse strings, as it were? Will they loosen it up a little bit and allow them uh, some more looks down the field? I think that we started to see that a little bit gasp with Marvin Mims. I, I, I think there was actually an effort 
to try to get Marvin Mims a little, a little bit more involved in the offense. And I think that those opportunities will still be there. They were trips on the winning play. Marvin Mims was out there with Judy and um, Cortland Sutton right. on that last play. I mean, he's getting many more snaps now, for instance. So the next step will be involving him more in the pass game. Over the last three games, forcing 12 turnovers, you can argue this is exactly the way the offense should play, simply for the fact that, that they're getting more opportunities yeah. because of these turnovers. And every time you get a turnover, you don't want to turn it back over because you took a risk that was unnecessary because your defense is playing so well. But eventually, the law of averages is going to average out and you're not going to be getting as many turnover, as many turnovers, I should say. Then what? Yeah, your your <coughs> offense has to have evolved to a certain point that you can be. And and granted, it's a week to week proposition because every challenge is different based on who you're playing. But the offense has got to be has got to evolve to a more dependable uh, group that can affect the outcome of the game in a more positive fashion. They've simply got to be more productive. They are a black hole at tight end. Let's just call it like it is. Although, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see... Troutman downfield. It it was nice to see him at least catch a ball downfield. I'm with you. And it's not a knock on Manhurts. It's not a knock on Troutman. They they just don't throw to the tight end very often. And let's face it, it's not like, you know... Troutman has Travis Kelsey wheels. No. Okay. And and Manhurts is more of a blocker. Right. I'm not trying to insult them. But generally speaking, I think, and I am probably in the minority here, I think they have enough talent on offense to be scoring more. Let's just, I mean, just think about this for a second. Is the wide receiver room of Sutton, Judy, and Mims really that bad? No. No, no, not it's at all. not. No, when, when you have Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan right. and McLaughlin, who, let's face it, when he's on the field, everybody kind of knows what's going to happen. It's that's be part a, of the problem. But that's OK. But OK. I mean, is, you, is, is the running back room really that bad? No, actually, I kind of like the running back. Honestly. Room. Yeah. I, when I look at their wide receiver room and I'd have to look at all the wide receiver rooms, I would say it's top half in the league. I really would. Same with the running back room. I'd say it's top half in the league. From what I see of these guys, what I know they can do, what I believe their potential is. I don't think either one of them are top 10. No, I said top half. Yeah, I hear you. Top 16. Yes. I I would agree with that. So both rooms are top 16. And you have Russell Wilson playing much better. I think he's a top half quarterback, isn't he? His numbers suggest he's top five. I, I think, well. His numbers suggest... He is top five. Yeah, probably wouldn't go that far, but I think he's but I think he's a top fifteen guy this year. There's no question. So why are you averaging about twenty one points a game? Well, you're still trying to figure out how that is all going to manifest itself. I, I and I think that, like I've said, I, I I think that that's where the biggest change will come. At this point. What do you need to increase your chances to win more than anything else? You're getting contributions in the kicking game. Your special teams have been generally good all season long, notwithstanding the fake punt. 
uh, midway through the fourth quarter last weekend. Uh, and there have been a couple of glaring instances. Obviously, the 12 men on the field, uh, the kick block the week before that. But yeah, Okay, there have been some moments. But by and large, you feel pretty good about where the kicking game and special teams are. I think that by and large, you feel pretty good about where you are defensively. They've proven that they can win with this defense. Yes, they're giving up too many rushing yards. They're getting gashed in certain instances. Okay, that's something or other that can be worked on. It will be worked on. But they are playing winning football defensively. As long as they can stay healthy, and that's a big if, Mm -hmm. then I think that you feel pretty good about their chances there, too. So, to me, if you're looking at the X factor, where the biggest potential for growth can come, it is in the offense. By the way, would you like but to it's got to evolve? Would you like to take a guess where the Broncos are in the league right now in terms of points per game? I'd say they're smack in the middle. They are they're smack in the middle. Fifteenth. There you go. And we just said. Right. I don't know if people out there would agree. I think their wide receiver room is top half. I think their running back room is top half, and I think Russell Wilson is better than top half. Right now, he's playing like a top ten quarterback. All right, I'll give you that. I mean, look at look. He's not throwing for a lot of yards, and I get that. And but they're what not about asking. the offensive line. I I think that's a top half unit too, isn't it? Yeah, and I keep going back to this, and this is what concerns me. They're not scoring a ton. They're they're scoring nearly twenty two points a game. Certainly much better than what they do with Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> by, by about another full touchdown. Outside of. Outside of Tim Patrick okay, and Greg Dulcich, give me one injury. One. One. And don't say Brandon Johnson. Give me one injury on that offense. No, there hasn't been a, uh, there hasn't been, a, and, and how about the offensive line? Those guys have taken every snap basically all season. How often is that going to happen? Uh, normally, so, it doesn't. It doesn't work that so way. So I'll be honest with you. This is as good as it gets. Nah, it'll get better. No, what I mean is. Oh, I hear what you're saying. It's as good as it yeah. gets because you're not saying, well, when he comes back and he comes back, you have every single starter yep. on offense outside of Greg Dulcich. You would think they would be doing better. I think that they will do better. First of all, I do think they're doing better. They are. They, they, than last year. This is a much better offense than certainly. Now, I get it. It, it was awful. But it's taken some time yeah. to get to this point, and I think it's going to take a little bit more time to get to the point where hopefully they will get to. Coming up after the break, three weeks ago, Russell Wilson wasn't even listed by sportsbooks for comeback player of the year. Well, Broncos have won four in a row. Come on. Where is, where They're is, only two games behind the Chiefs. Where is he now? <laughs> That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com.
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Week from today, Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Three weeks ago, Russell Wilson wasn't listed by sports books for comeback player of the year. Last week, he moved to as high as seventh at 35 to 1 odds. After throwing the game-winning touchdown pass, after leading another fourth quarter comeback, his odds have fallen to 40 to 1. He is currently behind DeMar Hamlin, Tua, Josh Dobbs, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's betting on the come right there. Chase Young and then Wilson. They're expecting, Aaron Rodgers is expecting to play, so that could be a smart bet right now. With that, who should Wilson be ahead of right now? Well, DeMar Hamlin is kind of automatic. I mean, no, you know, to no, me. No, no, yeah, no, well, it no, is. no, yeah. absolutely not. Well, we'll He's, agree to disagree on that. I mean, know, he, he was almost dead. I, I, no, I get it. Come I on. get it. Come on. But he's played in one game and made a tackle. He's a, it's a great story. No, and I'm not trying you. to sound, sound insensitive, but please, come on. Then, then you know what? Give it to him the day he suited up for training camp. Just hand him the award. He hasn't played all season, and the Bills have been banged up at safety. Well, he may still win it. He will win it. All right. Well, then I guess I'm right. Even though I would, ra- I'd rather be wrong. Should he be ahead of Tua? No. Yes, and I'll tell you why. All right. Tua didn't miss half the season. Tua didn't miss three quarters of the season. Mm-hmm. He missed a handful of games. Josh Dobbs, I could vote for, for sure. Lamar Jackson missed a handful of games. Chase Young, please. Russell Wilson had the worst season of his career, and now he's on pace for one of the better seasons of his career. Period. What has this award come to? You miss four games? Usually that award is reserved for Guys who tear up their ACL come back and have a great season. Yeah. Now it is you have a concussion, you miss like four games, and suddenly you're one of the leaders for comeback player of the year. Well, I mean, it's all in the interpretation of the rule, kind of like MVP. Is it the best player? Is it the most valuable player? How do you define the term valuable? I mean, there's a lot of gray area in all of these in all of these awards. How many games did Tua miss last year? Three or four. And he's second for comeback player of the year. Listen, I'm the one who pushes the phrase, it's a brain injury, don't call it a concussion. But you can come back from a concussion. It's much harder to come back from a torn ACL, a torn bicep, something that is going to knock you out and forced surgery. Where's Javante Williams on this list? Oh, he's not. Oh. And he so that leads to the next question. Who is the comeback player of the year on this team? Is it Javante Williams 
or is it Russell Wilson? It's a very interesting compare and contrast because they're on totally opposite ends of the spectrum. One didn't, well, he had, he had a bit of an injury that he missed, what, two games with? Who? Russ. Right. Uh, missed a couple of games. But by and large, his comeback would be from just playing poorly. Javante Williams' comeback would be from literally blowing out his knee. And not just one ligament in his knee, about three. That, to me, is comeback player of the year material. Yeah, that is. Not Tua, who missed four games. Sorry. Although concussions are real. I mean, you know. No, listen, I'm the biggest proponent yeah, you of calling them brain injuries. Mm-hmm. But you can recover from a concussion within a matter of weeks. You're more susceptible to more. And I get that. And oh, by the way, uh, if Tua wins that award, he can thank Mike McDaniel for putting him out there when he shouldn't have been out there. Well, that's another argument. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Russ is right in a sweet spot. And if he's recognized for it, great. And if he's not, then I don't think he's too worried about it. I think that he wants to... I, I know enough about Russ to know that he's all about winning. Well, I'll tell you what he wants. He wants a single MVP vote, something he has never gotten. That, I believe, is important to him. Well, I mean... He just wants to... He would like to win the award. He just wants a single MVP vote. Let's just see where the season ends up. What, what, what would have to happen for Russ to even get a single MVP vote? They need to win 10 or 11 games. Okay. I would listen to that. Do you reel in the Chiefs? There are seven games left. But, well, I want to say something real quick. Yeah. When the Broncos beat the Chiefs, I might have been the only one in town banging the drum saying they're not the same offense they used to be. Well, they're not the same offense, but they were still 7-2 and two and the best in the AFC before last night. I understand that. So, But their offense is not what it used to be. No. So when the Broncos held them down in points, I'm like, let's let's relax for a minute. Now, the Broncos have won two games since then. Yeah. Okay. And the Chiefs last night played arguably the team they will arguably play mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You look at what Howie Roseman did in the, in the, during, right around the trade deadline. He knew his secondary wasn't very good. Goes on, gets Bradley Roby, guy's a ring. If you remember when he played here. Sure. And then he goes out and gets one of the best safeties in the league. Or two of the key plays in the game yesterday. Yeah. Bradley Roby knocking the ball out of Kelsey's hands. And then Byers getting an interception in the end zone. Red zone interception. If the if the Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl because of their offense, Brett Veach, you look at him and say, dude, I know that you wanted to develop your young wide receivers. You should have done something. Have you ever seen a core of receivers drop more passes than they do? They should have won that game. Oh, my God. The one that Scantling dropped, I, I, it, it's like, dude, do your job. By the way. You're running alone. Just catch the ball. As a side note, did you see that Travis Kelsey before the game is now talking about retirement? I did see that. Because of all the injuries. And I'll tell you something. I, I think that's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I also think it is? Mm-mm. He's in love. And I'm not saying that to be trite. I'm not saying that to be mean. I think he has found mean. No, you're not, no, you're not being mean. If he's in love, he's in love. I think he that's is a great thing. I think he has found more purpose in his life 
than just playing football. Well, and he has met somebody that he really likes, really cares about. I'm guessing they've exchanged the I love you phrase back and forth. And I think he is probably finding out that it's more than just football. Then you compound all those injuries. And maybe he does feel it's time to walk away. Maybe I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I'm accomplished. I have Super Bowl rings. I'm going into the Hall of Fame. I'm one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Why do I need to keep beating myself up, beating up my body every single game when I can walk away as healthy as I can? He's had 10 surgeries. Yeah. He's 34 years old. I mean, he's done it. A good for him. Yeah. I think his relationship with Taylor Swift has changed his outlook on life and playing football. And what a wonderful thing to be able to say. Because if he really feels that way, good for him. Exactly. What do right. we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? Nuggets pulled out a tough win after Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic were tossed. And we'll further discuss the Eagles getting some revenge on the Chiefs after losing the Super Bowl last season. That's all next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. We cover a hill, but if you try them, that's when they will get wild. But they don't fight, they kill at the wild, wild west. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman and Hurdle. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. A week from today, Roller Auctions. Having an auction for air compressors, garage door, inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, on the second night of a back-to-back, the Nuggets pulled out a 107-103 win over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic were unhappy with the officiating as Malone was ejected in the first quarter and Jokic was thrown out late in the second quarter. As bad as Detroit has been this year, how meaningful of a win was this doing it without Jokic, Murray, or Malone? Well, it forced them to use the bench. Christian Brown came up huge in that game, played extremely well. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's nice to it's nice that they got a win. They needed to stop the bleeding from consecutive losses. That was nice. Uh, and I suppose there's some residuals when you lose your coach and you lose your best player for other guys to step up around him. But you should be able to beat the Pistons, shouldn't you? Yeah, Aaron Gordon, let's, let's Michael Porter Jr., right? KCP. Yes, you right. should be able to so beat you them should anyway. Be right. Yes, you should. Okay. Not to take anything away from them, but no. you should beat them. No. But they did get meaningful bench minutes last night. Yeah. They, they did. I, I, I will say that. that. That is at least a positive. You can make an argument it was their best bench night of the season. 
Alrighty, just in case you missed it, Eagles got the better of the Chiefs in their marquee Monday night football matchup, winning 21-17. Eagles are an NFL best 9-1. Uh, in sloppy, rainy conditions, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense put together a nice fourth quarter drive. And as you guys talked about, the Chiefs receivers had issues with drops all night. Uh, Kansas City hasn't scored in the second half in three straight games. Uh, your thoughts on the Eagles getting a little bit of uh, some revenge on Kansas City? Well, you never get revenge in the regular season. Nope. That, Just that, ask the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't do much Although for you. Although they lost. Yeah, that doesn't do much for you. But uh, what does it get them to, 9-1? and one? So, I mean, if that's a better place for them to claim home field advantage from and things of that nature for this season. Uh, I mean, the Eagles are... A very good football team. I think they're still a little bit of a work in progress. You do? I think that they're a little bit of a work I, in progress. I do not see a weakness on that team. I think they are loaded at every level. Terrific quarterback, great wide receiver play. Swift is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Arguably the best offensive line in football. An amazingly good defensive line. And now a short-up secondary. I don't see a weakness on that team. Would have lost the game if just guys have made a couple of catches. Certainly one catch in particular. Well, the Chiefs are a good team. They are a good team. Yeah. They are a good team. And any time that you go on the road and win at Arrowhead, right? I, that that's a pretty good win. So, but I still think I think Philly's got a little, still got a little work to do. I, I would I would say they're the best team in football. Although, let's see what the 49ers yeah, look like yeah, if they're I, healthy. Yeah, yeah I, I I think the 49ers are still at least in that argument. To me, the 49ers and and. and and the Eagles are the two best teams of football. I, I would agree. I mean, that. that's it. That is Ali Frazier. That's what that in is. In their prime. Yes. In their prime. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. All right, so that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, Black Friday's coming up. You want extra special deals, you head on over there. Don't forget to go to their clearance center where they always have extra low prices, scratch and ding stuff. Nothing wrong with that. The appliances are high end and they work really, really well. You have a washer and dryer from there as do I. Nobody cares about a scratch because the appliances are so stinking good. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Broncos country, I would not say is divided about the Kareem Jackson suspension. I think more people are upset than actually understand it, which puts Bruce and I in the minority. That's next.